ladies, gents, and Westernites alike. Welcome back to another Western review on this podcast. I'm your host, known as the Western Wonder, and today I'll be reviewing one of the latest hit animated films from the Disney machine. Could it be? Another film filled with colorful scenes, unique characters, and catchy earworms known as songs? Indeed it is. This movie in particular is called Encanto, featuring music from the man who brought the world some heavy-hitting, acclaimed musicals that have also hit the big screen recently, such as Hamilton and In the Heights, and even another animated film that was in production for several years titled Vivo. That's correct, Lin-Manuel Miranda is one of the many creatives behind this film. How did Encanto come under my attention, you may ask? Well, you can thank TikTok You Don't Stop for repeatedly having one of the many musical numbers in heavy rotation. This particular song recently topped the charts and has the distinction of being Disney's first number one single in nearly 30 years and second overall after A Whole New World from Aladdin. This is major from a trendy point of view considering how big the Frozen songs are and were with the kiddos in recent years and the fact that it took this song to finally get Adele off the number one spot in the US singles charts. Not to mention that the film itself has made over $200 million in this post-semi-panoramic world and recently snagged two Oscar nominations, plus a win at the Golden Globe Awards. What, what are you talking about? No one was there to see the movie win in all of its glory. I thought they were. Oh, there was, there was backlash about the behind the scenes. Okay, I sit down. Well, anyways, let's take a listen to the trailer and I'll return with an explanation of the film's story and my thoughts. Stay tuned. Many years ago, this candle blessed our family with a miracle. Our house, our casita, came to life with magic. Hola, casita. Boys! Drawers! Let's go! In time, every member of our family... Cecilia, up top! ...was given their own magical gift. You? I'm not super strong like Luisa. The donkey's got out again. On it! Or effortlessly perfect like Senorita Perfecta Isabella. But Mama, why am I the only one that didn't get a gift? You're just as special as anyone else in this family. You just healed my hand with an arepa con queso. Danger. We gotta get out of here! We must protect our home. We must protect our family. This is my chance. I will save the magic. Wait, how do I save the magic? I'm losing my gift! Mirabel, the fate of the family is gonna come down to you. Do this. Let me help you. The rats told me everything. Don't eat those. Even in our darkest moments, there's light where you least expect it. Whoa. A lot of stairs. But at least I'll have a friend. Nope, you flew away immediately. 
To follow up the trailer, I do a breakdown of the whole plot for you. So, the film revolves around a magical, magical family, who apparently has so much magic that has made a big town for the magicals and many neighboring citizens. Who started this whole Encanto situation is the family's grandmother, aka Abuela. One day, when she was down and out with family problems at a young age, Abuela discovers a candle that gives her the power to protect her family from generation to generation. In this present day Encanto, various family members enter the home to receive a new superpower, a trait if you will, which usually leads them to their own special room with the theme of said power. Well, uh, mostly everyone gets their new power. This is where we meet the film's protagonist, or main character, Mirabelle, voiced by Stephanie Beatriz, the only prominent family member who does not have a unique power. Despite the setback, she still has a good heart and supports and loves everyone regardless. Her goodwill and free nature is tested when the house starts to fold into shambles as Mirabelle's family member loses their powers and she has to figure out how to get the Encanto back to square one. I came into this movie with intrigued and high expectations. Since the internet has been going crazy over this, just like many Disney movies that I've passed down on viewing in recent years, such as non-franchise flicks as Moana or uh, Zootopia or uh, what's the recent one that came out the past year? Uh, 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 Onward, yeah, that one. I wanted to tune in to figure out what happened with Bruno? What's the big hubbub over this film? What's with the very colorful backgrounds and scenery? Well, this movie definitely impressed me in several ways, but more on that after my breakdown and thoughts on certain aspects of the film, starting with the characters. You know a bit about Mirabelle, the happy-go-lucky adventurous girl, and Abuela, the monotone strict grandmother, but I need to bring out the rest of the magical family, some of whom were smacking down a bit or a lot of weight on Mirabelle, hashtag leave her alone, but do not represent traditional movie villains which is a big switch up in Disney terms if you know the history. You have Mirabelle's parents, her father Augustine, who has the power of being clumsy, uh, no, not very nice a power that is, and a mother Julieta, who has the power of healing people with her amazing cooking skill. <laughs> so they say I haven't been invited to their affairs. Then there's her siblings, sister Luisa, who has the power of strength and pure muscle who has the pressure of keeping certain family values and chores in check, and her older sister, Isabel, who has the power of outer beauty and success, basically described as perfect all around, and definitely doesn't want anything but that. Her one uncle that everyone acknowledges, Felix, who has a more realistic power, positivity. Her aunt, Peppa, whose frequent mood swings and shifts can control the town's weather, which can seem rather frightful to think about. Imagine one of your family members who have frequent ups and downs that can control your local weather. Her cousins are birthed by Uncle Felix and Aunt Peppa, including Antonio, who has a close relationship with Mirabelle and has a power of understanding animals. So basically, Dr. Doolittle Jr. Dolores, who has the power of supersonic hearing, and Camillo, who has the power to shapeshift. A power I'd personally love to have, if not the power of being invisible. And finally, Mirabelle's uncle that no one can talk about publicly. Bruno, voiced by John Leguizamo. A shocker to me because the Ice Age franchise was the only animated thing he was doing for some time. Bruno was a disparaged family member because he has the power to see into the future. Meaning that in, say, a certain scenario where he tells someone about a future event, they usually don't believe him. But then boom, it happens. This is the reason why he has bad blood in the family. So in terms of TV series plots, 
don't be surprised if that soul Bruno comes to Telemundo one day. But when we actually get to meet the guy, he's actually very kind and funny, yet timid and anxious about his surroundings. Definitely not a mean bone on him. Leguizamo does great with that character. It's very rare to see an actor with a distinct voice such as Leguizamo see the nice age switch up to a more straightforward voice. Props to him and the cast all around. The movie gives all the characters such unique personalities with their various moments to shine, and most of them got at least one laugh out of me. So good in the writers for that part of the script. The humor wasn't the only way some characters got to shine. There's also the music. I mean, would it be a Disney film if there wasn't any music? Once again, Lin-Manuel Miranda and his talented team of fellow songwriters have come up with some catchy earworms that have received raves from critics and audiences alike. I mean, TikTok has eaten up the family ensemble number, We Don't Talk About Bruno, these past three months. The song is a joke in itself since the Magicals are doing the complete opposite of what the title says not to do, but that's beside the point. The tune Dos Uruguitas has been the submitted awards contender this year. However, some of the most unique musical moments for many, myself included, were the songs sung by Mirabelle's sisters. Surface Pressure, sung by Luisa, and What Else Can I Do, sung by Isabella. These musical numbers are a lot in one package for the film. It's vibrant, it's catchy, and reveals those respective character traits and development that were hidden off earlier in the movie due to getting to know the lead character more. All the musical numbers have a meaning for a character or an ongoing scene or conflict and match the same vibe as the animation. The animators behind Encanto really pull all the stops here with the overall aesthetic and scenic design of this magical town. I mean, it looks like a place that you'd want to live in. The diverse looks and shades of all the Latin characters was a great move as no one is excluded here, as I've heard through Twitter's grapevine that Mr. Miranda's other theatrical outings have been slammed for poor representation, but I'm neutral to this notion as I haven't seen any of those movies just yet. The town itself is a sight not for the sorest of eyes, but in the house itself is fascinating as this isn't any ordinary house. No, 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 no. This Encanto is its own character that can move items and people with the tiles that piece together this big house. HGTV would have had a hit show just trying to figure out how long this house has operated under this magical realm all those years. Another aspect of the house I found fascinating is the fact that some of the different rooms that house each person based on their superpower appear to be bigger than the house itself. Okay. This has to be some of the most beautifully animated and drawn designs I've seen from the Disney machine in recent memory. Will anything that comes out in the future top it? Uh, I don't think so. And finally, it all comes down to the storyline. Seeing a movie about family has been done several times, but to see a nice mixture of adventure, humor, and mellow moments makes this film stand out despite the fact that it doesn't have the proper time to go into heavy backstory. After all, this is a Star Wars of the Avengers. No matter how much I say the family with superpowers is giving me Marvel vibes. The character progression between certain family members perceived as perfect without any flaws was an interesting plot point. And the conflict set it down perfectly by the climax when Abuela, who is not a villain to certain TikTok and don't stop creators and social media users who claim that she is, comes into terms that her generational upbringing has brought pressure onto her grandchildren and takes full on accountability for it. And even apologizes to Mirabelle. That's what a villain would not do. That's one of the many heartfelt moments that cap off the film. Now if there's one flaw that comes from it, 
Certain scenes, such as the lengthy discovery of Bruno's non-existent room by Mirabelle, felt like it needed a little trim down, but I suppose there had to be some type of way to keep this film time going. All in all, it's a really colorful, vibrant flick with unique characters and your usual feel-good message about family. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Dom Toretto burst into tears when he first saw it, the way the theme of familia is covered throughout it. If you haven't seen it yet, please add it to your watch list expeditiously. It's a 10 out of 10 amazeballs rating for me. If you got Disney+, Plus, you already know the drill. It's on there. And that wraps up another review from moi, The Western Wonder. Coming up, a tribute to Sidney Poitier by reviewing one of my personal favorite films of his that no one really talks about much. No, not hits like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner or A Raisin in the Sun or the understandably forgettable Ghost Dead held by Pudding Pop Man Cosby. I'm talking about Buck and the Preacher, a rocket western film starring Poitier and Harry Belafonte. Also down the line, a review for the recent remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where I'm set to join the Movie Lovers Unite podcast again, live to discuss it soon. Info on how to stay updated on that shortly. My last coverage of the last few episodes of Only Murders in the Building, which has gotten raves in the new season since I last reviewed it over the fall season, and reviews the latest award contending films such as King Richard, Bruised, and The Unforgivable. Note that I said award contending, as I thought at the time of coming up with this idea that all three movies would get noms with the big guilds, the Oscars, the Globes, the SAGs, the BAFTA, Critics' Choice and all that. Only King Richard completed the final ordeal out of the three, but I'm still reviewing those in a single package soon. This is probably the first time that I've done a review of more than one movie in a single episode in a while. Anniversary movie reviews as well as the usual new movie and TV reviews are in the works as well. Now, if you'd like to be updated about new releases, just follow my podcast on any social media page. You can find me on Instagram at Western Reviews Official and on Twitter at Reviews underscore Western. You can also subscribe to the podcast wherever you may be listening to this episode and many others. Until next time, I hope you all enjoyed this review and you stay tuned for the next one. Western Wonder pressuring the surface out bye have a great time <laughs>